welcome to the 162nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on January 25th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com. I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is co-host and the guy who can chop down trees with his bare hands, Carlos Rodella. Yay, what's up? And yeah, I didn't know you knew that about me. That's one of my special skills. Those calluses on the edge of your hand were a dead giveaway. Yeah, they do kind of show, but I do cut down trees, and it's pretty handy. Handy. Ha, oh, ha, ha. I didn't even mean that, but now I know I meant it. You're a natural. You're a natural. All right, welcome back to the show, Carlos. You've been on a little uh, walkabout journey. Uh, you're back now. We're going to be doing some, uh, actually, quite a bit of game chat today. But before we get into that, um, we do have a little bit of housekeeping, correct? Yes, we have some housekeeping. Well, the first thing is what you just said. I've been gone for a bit. I was visiting family in Miami. Uh, I had a great time. It was really cool to reconnect to people. Uh, I highly recommend it. If you have family you haven't seen for a while, uh, in my case, it was like 20 plus years. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, like too long. And if you have family you haven't seen for a while, uh, you know, go see them or try to now, make, now, make now, Just to clarify, was this your family or was it just a family? It because was I a know family. there's a lot of families. Yeah, in we Florida, I just, many families. I went to the phone book and I just went, you know, picked somebody at random. Family at random, visiting yep. a family, yep. and just, hey, what's up? Well, I had to call them and go, like, do you guys have a family? Like, it's not just one person, you know, like a bachelor. So, yeah, they were like, yes, we have a family. And okay. um, we happen to be Mexican and Italian and uh, Native American, which is weird. And so so that you. worked out. It worked out. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Anyways, they were amazing, and it was a great time. But when I was down there, um, we had talked before, and CJ from the White Point Set Podcast, who listens to our show. Hey, CJ, what's up? Um, he lives near there. So he's like, why don't I just meet you, and we'll do a podcast from your hotel room. And we did. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Where can uh, people hear that, or what did you guys talk about? I'm uh, I games think, or something else? Yeah, video games. This is video game podcast, and I think uh, by the time this goes up, it should be up. So hopefully by Sunday or Monday, and check it out. Waypoint set. We talk about. Oh, we talked about the games we were looking forward to in 2020, which is something we'll do on this podcast as well. All right. All right. Sounds um, good. That's a little bit of housekeeping. The second piece is uh, definitely even playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Because we talked about Tomb Raider and how much I loved it. And I went and beat Rise of the Tomb Raider and then immediately went to Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Excellent. Are we going to be hearing about that today or on the next show? No, very, very soon because I'm finishing it probably this weekend. So just thought I'd mention it. It's an incredible series. It's like super cheap Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Like definitive edition is like 20 something dollars. Go get Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And the last thing of my housekeeping is I got to switch light. Oh, okay. Wait. For a minute, for a minute, in my head, I was thinking you were in a dark room and you needed to like go and switch like a light bulb. Oh, it took right. me a moment to like put those things together. So you're talking about the Nintendo Switch, America's favorite portable, yours and mine. Yes, uh, you have one now, Switch Lite, the one that does not dock to the TV, correct? Right. Um, I tell you what, it was the saddest day in the world when I lost mine on the plane, which was I don't know, maybe a year ago oh, now. Man, I would be heartbroken. I was, but. I do have my account, and I re-downloaded a bunch of games because they're all on the cloud. I mean, amen, right? Yes, like Golf Story, which is the first thing I re-downloaded because if you haven't played Golf Story, what's wrong with you? Uh, and then I have Xenoblade Chronicles, and so I re-downloaded some games, but then I saw what you've been seeing this whole time, Brad. I've seen Wait. the light. 
Okay, what, what, what light are we talking about? Well, L-I-T-E, but I've seen the indie game ah, lights. Ha, ha, ha. There's okay. so many indie games on Switch, and that's why there you talk so about many, them. That is the fucking is indie game HQ, bro. Like, there is wow. so many good indie games on the Switch. Yeah, so I've just been down playing a ton, and you'll hear about some of those today. I have my Switch light. I'm coming to the other side. Excellent, excellent. Welcome aboard. I'm glad you're here. The cookies are great and the drinks are strong. It's wonderful. <laughs> so come hang out with us on the Switch side. It is lovely. I've switched. You have. Oh, oh, oh there's puns are, all over the place. You were popping this morning, sir. You were on fire. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, he has switched the Switch. We are now uh, rolling ahead. Any, any more housekeeping? Is that it? That's mine. Do you have anything? I got nothing. I got nothing. If I. Uh, if I think of something later, I'll, I'll just work it into the script, natural-like, but right now I got nothing. So okay. let's talk about some games. We got a ton of games to talk about because, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you were gone last week, and, I mean, I just kept on playing games. I assume you kept on playing games, and that means we got a shitload of games to talk about. Uh, let's start with you, as usual. Um, you always start the show with your random, cheap, and or free indie game, probably on PC. I'm guessing that's the case this week. It is, and uh, it's funny because there's a little play on words there. I've been gone, and the game that I played is called Gone is Gone. G-O-N-E? G-H-O-N-E, for some reason, is is G-O-N-E. Okay, all right, I've never heard of it. Tell us about (laughs) it, sir. It's just so funny how that worked out. Um, There's a guy inside a, uh, a guitar case because of reasons. And he shoots out money at enemies. There you go. That's the... <laughs> I, every time you bring one of these to show, I, I kind of wonder whether you're just, like, putting me on, you know? Like, it's oh, always this, like, it's, yeah, this is this could a real, be. real game? So is it Carlos pulling my leg? What's going on here? So tell us a little bit more. Is it 2D? Is it a platformer? Like, what, first person? What is it? So, I don't... I, I mean, if it's weird, I'm going to definitely download it. And I think this was a dollar... Or something, or five, or three. Okay, okay. I, I don't do the research. Um, you're a guy for some reason in a guitar case. I guess he's trying to be sneaky for some reasons. And yet he stays in the guitar case, and it's overhead view. You're looking down, top-down view. Okay, top-down. Of okay. a guy in a suit, in a guitar case with his head popping out of it. And he shoots dollar-dollar bills. And... <laughs> He's he's flo- like kind of you control him with WASD and then right the mouse is the cursor and it aims at what you want is it to like shoot a at. Twin stick sort of a shooter, kind of like that, yeah. But okay. it's the, unfortunately the the I guess the biggest problem besides it being weird as f is that you the aiming is really pretty janky. Like it doesn't always uh, aim where you want it to aim, which is a problem. Which is a big problem in this game because that's all you're doing is running around shooting things, and so you shoot. I guess cops or security guards. And then whenever you hit them with the money, they just yell out money. (laughs) (laughs) No, that sounds funny, but it also sounds like you get tired of it after like five minutes. Oh, you do. I did not play this game very long. I'm telling you because it's ridiculous. Okay. But um, also at some point, you know, you get through, you go like from the bottom to the top, right? Those kind of shooters. Is there a name for those? Oh, yeah. Like a vertical scrolling. Vertical scrolling. And so you're going up, and you can kind of walk anywhere and whatever. There's enemies, and then it's and by the way, you have a limited amount of money. Your money is also your health. So, as you're sending money out, you're essentially losing your health because if you have no money, then you die. Which sounds like real life. That is that is too real for me. That is extremely real. 
I feel a little bit of anxiety now because you've reminded me how little money I have, and now wow. I feel like my life is running out. Oh, oh shit. no! I'm sorry. I played oh, this game. Ooh, that's, that hurts. But now, actually, that's actually a pretty interesting topic. I, I feel like maybe there's been a game that's done that before. But the idea that you just described of your life is also your, I mean, ammo. Yeah, is yeah. pretty fascinating. That's kind of fascinating. Yeah, I feel like other games have done it with like you have blood weapons, and if you shoot things, you lose your blood. You know? Yeah. So, so okay, so let me ask you this then, because that sounds really fascinating. When you're, do you gain it back, or is it a finite amount per level, or like how do they restrict yeah, that? Like how strict is it? It's a finite amount, a finite amount per level. It seems to go down even if you're not shooting, but not very fast. And then when you get hit by enemies, it goes down really fast. So the biggest, you know, the whole uh, loop of the game, which is all I have to say about it, is that you do level of go from the bottom to the top, and then you get to a certain point, and there's an, a boss battle. And the first boss was just like some weird circle with a circle around it, you know, nothing. And then the second, <laughs> the second boss was, um, what are those jets that we have that uh, Trump thinks are invisible? The stealth bomber? Thing? Yeah, something like that. Exactly. Okay. So that shows up, and you have to fight that. And I'm like, okay. But they're so hard because the the aiming is pretty bad. Like Fucked it's up, man. Yeah, because if the aiming was good, I would I would literally try to finish this game to see all the weirdness in it. But it's really hard to shoot. That is a problem in a shooter. You should probably yeah. nail down the aiming and the shooting because if your game is a shooter, that's probably what you're going to be doing most of. That sounds like a real problem. Yeah, um, it's weird. This, yeah, this sounds interesting, though. You know, you kind of reminded me. I'm really fascinated by this mechanic. I mean, that to me sounds like the real takeaway from this. Maybe somebody else could take this and run with it. But little tangent real quickly. Did you ever play uh, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter back on, I want to say, PS2? It sounds very familiar, so probably. I'm not the biggest Breath of Fire fan. That's a long-running um, G-series. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh my God. Oh, my throat's being attacked by little scratchy goblins. Sorry. Um. But the, the cool thing about that game was, and I think that's probably my favorite of the Breath of Fire series, it's also the oddball of the series, but you play a boy who's got like, I mean, he's like half dragon or something, I forget exactly, it's been a million years since I played it, but you could transform into a dragon, but that power was finite, you only had so much, and so you had to be very judicious about when you transformed, because once that dragon power is gone, like you die and the game is over, done. So like Whoa. you had to like, you had to really ration it, from the beginning to the end and you know there was like there was ways you could like restart the game but basically that was like the big hook and so you wanted to save up enough for like the final battle and so as you got there like you had to be really really careful very fascinating which actually kind of reminds me of this i don't know if it works the same way but um something like you've described is really is cool to me and i would love to see people run with it yeah that's why i like a lot of um i just like discover weird uh games not only because it's funny and interesting but like you said, there's so many new mechanics that uh, are tried, and it makes you think of new ideas, too. So, yeah, I don't know. There's something there. I do like the idea of money being tied to your life because it kind of is. Uh, totally is. It is, yeah. it is to an uncomfortable degree. Yeah. So let's make a game like that. Uh, indie developers listening. Let's make it. Oh, no, let's not because it's just going to be depressing. That, well, I mean, you want depressing games. you got to go to the indie sphere anyway. There's lots of depression. That's true, that's true, that's true. Lots of... Uh, dysphoria lots of stuff that people are making so it's a good place to, to explore it but i mean th yeah that's a little bit too real life for me right now i'm gonna gone. go back to yeah gone is gone is gone gone is gone okay thank you for bringing that to the show that sounds interesting at the very least uh let me jump over to my games real quick uh number one quick follow-up to frostpunk 
Um, it's been a while since we recorded, but I believe that on the last episode we talked about it, correct? Yes. Okay. So since that time, uh, if I remember correctly, I didn't go back and listen to it, but I remember being very frustrated at the time because, number one, it's a very difficult game. Uh, number two, I am not uh, very familiar with the sim or the RTS genres. Those are big, uh, weak areas for me because they're not games that I really enjoy playing because they're so PC-centric. Uh, and I was just kind of struggling with it. Since that time, I did end up finishing the main game. And I did... there. And I think it includes, I want to say, three DLC campaigns, which puts you in a new map, and they give you new challenges. And I finished all those. And then I went back and just played it some more just because I started to enjoy it. So I've, I did find a groove with that game. And I think part of it was that there's an easy mode that just is kind of hidden, and I found the easy mode eventually, and that really helped a lot because that game is just way too hard. Um, and beyond that, I just really liked the aesthetic, and I really liked the concepts. And once I did a little... Um, Searching online, I had to look up a few things, and once I did some experimentation, and to be honest with you, uh, my son, who is 10, uh, he went there on the last episode, I believe, he yep. watched me play it, and he really wanted to play this. He's never played a game like this ever before, so I let him I let him play. He jumped into it, and I didn't think he was going to like it, but I sat with him for the first hour, and I walked him through. I answered all the questions that I could answer, and I, I told him everything that I knew, so I gave him a better tutorial than I got. And he really took to it. He really jumped in. And actually, after he started playing, he taught me a few things about the way certain items worked and about little tricks that he had picked up. And that actually helped quite a bit. So, Dude, this is a uh, big surprise. It's like the, the Galloway family is into this. And I didn't even think you would even give this a second thought in the beginning. You know, I didn't think I would either because I was so frustrated. But, I mean, so... It's a good game, but I want to say it's a good game with caveats because if it wasn't for the easy mode, I don't think I ever would have finished it. I would definitely would not have gone on to the extra modes. And I think that it just needs a better tutorial. So I guess it kind of speaks to the concept that like hard games are cool, but you got to like work the player into them. Like you got to give the player a fair shot. And I honestly, I don't think they did a great job with the tutorials and I think they could have made it easier because once I understood what I was doing and then once I knew how things worked, it was more manageable, but it took me like, 10 or 15 retries to get to that point and honestly that's too many like i really was more generous with this game than i would have been otherwise so oh, yeah i was out because i couldn't find the easy mode remember i think we had yeah, talked about it like i yeah, was like yeah, yeah, yeah this i don't i'm just dying and this is gonna not gonna be fun and because i didn't make it past that hump so yeah i mean i, I mean i don't remember um how long ago did you play it was it pretty recent oh uh, no that was a I don't know, four or five months ago, maybe. So it's so easy mode may not have even been in there. I don't know at what point they added it. I oh. do I do not believe it was there from the beginning, uh, from what I read. So uh, anyway, developers, if you're listening, I ended up really liking Frostpunk a lot. I think it actually was a very good game, but I wouldn't have ever known that or thought that or got there if it wasn't for the easy mode. And I had to go online to get some tutorials. So like, like make the effort, you guys. Like make it easy for people who don't want to like bust their nuts on your game and like just. Teach us how to play your game. Like, don't. I mean, maybe some people really like the struggle and learning by failing and restarting. I mean, I guess some people like that, and, and in some cases, it's okay. But I, it wasn't working for me in this in this scenario. I really needed more help, and once I got over that, it was fine. But yeah. So wrapping up with Frostpunk, I ended up really liking it a lot, but you know, with caveats. So yeah. I did come around on that. Um, one other game I wanted to mention that was also kind of too hard, since we're talking about hard games is Baba is You. Have you played this game, Carlos? I keep hearing everybody talk about it, putting on lists of favorite of the year, have not played it. It looks like a puzzler. Is that right? 
It's totally correct. Yeah, it's a lot of people in the indie in the indie scene and the critical scene were talking about this at Game of the Year time. Uh, it is a indie game, kind of a top down two uh, D, where you play a little creature. Creature is named Baba, and it is a puzzler. Every puzzle is just one screen. So like I played it on the Switch. So like the each Switch screen is one complete puzzle. And the, the hook to this is that they use words as your puzzle mechanic. And so for example. It'll say, uh, you know, door is stop. And so each one of those words is a little block. And so you can push the blocks around. And if it says door is stop on the screen, you cannot pass through the door. But if you push those blocks apart so that the sentence is no longer together. So like if you push, you know, door away to the other side of the room, door is no longer stop and you can just walk through the door. It's so smart. It's really smart. It's really smart. All kinds of stuff happen. You have to really experiment a lot and just you never quite know what you're going to get like one time i put um like the game always starts out with baba is you is one of the beginning sentences because you are baba but if you push that apart and you change it like you can put like wall is you and then all of a sudden you are literally like every wall in the game at the same time and so you can move all the walls around if you need to move them what yeah or like anything that you don't like you can just push that sentence apart and then that thing stops being true so you can walk through walls, or you can change what the wind condition is. I, I love can... it. I love this concept, but like, I wonder how far down it goes. Like, I mean, it goes pretty far, but I will tell you, I am not smart enough to figure out how far down it goes because <laughs> the first couple levels, I'm like, oh my god, this is this is amazing. I think this is the greatest idea. This is so fun and cool. Um, yeah, I didn't really make it that far, dude, because I'm not smart enough to play this game because. Um, kind of like Frostpunk, they don't really tell you all the rules, and there are a lot more rules than you would think. Um, there are certain conditions that happen where, like, if you double up on certain words, or you can also make, like, for example, because these words are blocks, remember, and you can push them around, you can make a sentence that goes vertical and then double up on one of the words and make a sentence that goes horizontal, kind of like a crossword puzzle sort of a thing. It took me uh, never to figure that out because I had to look <laughs> that up, and there's some, you know, just weird things happen. And I got to say, I got maybe a third of the game or a third of the way through the game. And it just got so hard. Like, I could not figure out the puzzles. I ended up just going to the YouTube for like literally like every level because I couldn't figure them out. And I mm. was just getting really frustrated. So I think it's a brilliant idea. I love the idea. If you are like super brainy, super experimental, if you've got like a programming brain or you're like super, you know, logic person. Uh, like check it out like i think it's totally worth a look um but for me my brain doesn't work that way and i don't like games where i have to look up the answer every single level and that's lit that's where i was man i just no no pride here i'm just i'm laying it all out for you guys in the audience i'm not smart enough to play this game no so. no, no yeah but it's not smart it's different um you bring up a good <clears throat> point because this happens with even things like souls games for me like it's not that i don't i could probably give you, get better at it i just don't my brain doesn't function that way like this is the same way for, it sounds like with this game. There are definitely friends of mine who are like logic based and developers and they would probably kill at this game, right? Like they see the world in a different lens and yeah. I, and I yeah. see the world and you and I see the world maybe similarly, but in, a, in different lenses as well. So I think it's just different people and perspectives. I don't necessarily, it's not smart or not smart. I think, um, I think by you saying that, I won't like the game <laughs> because <laughs> because I will probably hit a wall too. Oh, pun intended. Oh, there you go. Uh, I'll hit a Baba is wall uh, wall. And wall I stop. Carlos well, is stop. Carlos yes. is stop at this game because now Brad say, oh, 
never mind. <laughs> Brad, we Brad just evolved is, the whole podcast. I know. Hold on. Brad is review, and review is no. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos is no. Yeah, basically. Carlos so, yeah, no. I mean, you're correct. You're correct. I mean, if you've got the brain for this, if you're wired for this, I think it's great. And I'm not saying it's a bad game. I am simply saying this game is not for me, but right. I still think it's really cool. So I bailed on it. I'm not going to play it anymore because it's just pure frustration, but I think it is really cool. So there okay. we go. Baba is you. Uh, Carlos, back to you, sir. Now, we're running a little loosey-goosey on the podcast today. You've got a couple indies slotted for this next section, don't you? Yeah, I have one indie on Steam and one that's on Switch. Uh, and so we'll do the indie Steam one first. And it is Crummit's Tale. Have you heard How of this? How do you spell that? No. K-R-U-M-I-T-S. Tale. Like a, a tale. T-A-L-E. Okay, I've never heard of this. You can look it up while I'm talking about it. It is. Uh, I found it, actually. I want to give a shout-out to Get Indie Gaming. I've been watching that series on YouTube for a while, and I just uh, it's just a guy talking, and he just you know brings out, like, 10 games you should check out or 10 indie games that are pixel-based or whatever it is. And now they have a po- they're getting a podcast and doing a lot of new stuff in 2020. Go find them on YouTube. If, if you love indie games... That's how I found this one, which I love, by the way. Spoiler, and uh, it's a great show. It's just you just put it on and watch like ten new games you never heard of, probably. Uh, so get indie gaming on YouTube. This game is called Kremit's Tale. It's now similar to Frostpunk. You might not think Carlos would like it. It's a roguelike deck builder. Is this Meteorfall Kremit's Tale or Kremit's Tale Meteorfall? Because that's what I'm finding on. on, on Meteorfall Google. sounds right for the developer. You mean? No, like I'm oh. looking it up. Because uh, I want to see what you're talking about. I've never heard of this. And I, what's coming up is Meteorfall colon Crummit's Tale. Is, that, is this the right thing? Let me make sure I have it. Crummit's because Tale. Because I, play, I played Meteorfall. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay, great. So is this... Okay. So I've played Meteorfall before, which is a deck-building roguelike. And that does not sound like your jam. Is this a new game? Or is it a DLC for Meteorfall? Do you know? Or, like, what is the deal with this one? I am now totally clueless. Because <laughs> I, I'm realizing it is Meteorfall colon Crummit's Tale. Which must be a kind of version of Meteor Fall, is what I'm guessing. This looks different than what I played before. This must be a new one. It's a, oh this no, here it is. It says it's the second game in the Meteor Fall oh, okay. universe. Okay, so it is a new game. Okay, good. okay, so okay. it's a new take on deck building roguelike genre, which you've played, I guess, some of it because Meteor Fall is still in the title. Uh, and now that we've totally lost our listeners, uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I will. I will say a couple of descriptions about it. The artwork in this thing, besides it being a roguelike deck builder, is like Adventure Time. Very Adventure Time. It is like beautiful. The, the warrior that you can you know, kind of only pick one character in the beginning. It's a warrior, and his mouth is all like a big O and like you know really funny looking. And the noses is what do it for me. Oh, yeah. And then just the wizard who's in the beginning of it, who opens up the map for you. The whole thing is beautiful, uh, animated in certain aspects, and just really fun to look at. And even the monsters and stuff, you're just like, it's just interesting. So what you do is essentially there's a map uh, that this kind of wizard opens up, and it's a board with, like, tiles on the board. Uh, and each basically each board you can put your deck on, your deck kind of comes out onto the board, in different tiles so your deck can consist of items weapons potions etc abilities and then on the board each board you do there's all your different random items or weapons or potions that could show up like in most you know card games and also enemies and so the idea is you have to clear each board by using the different things you get from your deck simple enough 
Pretty simple. That sounds good. And it is early release. Is that correct? I think so, because it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's locked still on the on the board. So you can do a quest, which is what I did. Um, there's going to be daily challenges and more characters, etc. cetera. Um, but right now, there's one character that I think is the only one you can use. And the loop is so good, it it's just... I don't care that it's a roguelike because I enjoy the loop so much. So let me tell you a little bit about the loop. You get currency um, and each board you start, you have nothing. So basically when you see your items populate on the board, you basically have to sell a bunch. So you, when you can like discard an item, you get gold for it and sometimes you get health for it. So basically it's managing having enough gold to buy your items that are on the board right that you need like a sword or something all right and then also selling things that you think you might not need which is basically taking a gamble you're like okay I'll, I'll put this suit of armor and i'll discard it because i'm hurt and i need health potion or i need life points and i need money so it's just it's micromanaging of all this stuff on the board but because it's only like what eight eight tiles i think it makes it really really fun because Every time you beat a monster, like a new thing will drop down. And that could be a gold chest. That could be another monster. It could be an ability of yours that you need at just the right time. And it's just this continual loop of like you want to, you know, manage what you have. Uh, and then seeing the funny animations that play out when you're fighting these monsters. That's kind of it. But it's so simple and so fun. And I played it for a very long time. And then when you finally die, because roguelikes, which I don't like about it, you know, you you die and then you get some sort of experience points so you can go and do it again. It felt pretty good. Like I got like a bunch of new weapons and abilities that were unlocked and I felt really excited to go back into the boards because I wanted to try those things out, which I guess is what people like about roguelikes. With, with good roguelikes, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. When a good roguelike gets that right, it really does take the sting out of dying and restarting. So. Yes, yeah. And because it's a card game, I feel like the sting isn't as bad. Right. Yeah. Like for me, normally, if I'm playing a roguelike with a little character who like my whole love, as people know, who listen to the show is leveling up a hero in an RPG. And if you're telling me that hero starts over, I want to freaking just lose my shit. <laughs> <laughs> so well, this, this sounds great, dude. I mean, this sounds great. I, I put some time into the original Meteor Fall, which is available on iOS and Android. Um, and it's one of the very few mobile games that I would say is not bullshit. I thought it was really well done. Um, I think I originally heard about it from the Gamers with Jobs podcast. So shout out to those people. Mm. And they were right. I put in a ton of time. Um, it's it's kind of like you describe. It's it's simpler than what you describe. I mean, this definitely sounds like they're taking things to the next step, which is great. But I beat it a couple times with a couple different characters. Definitely recommend it to everybody. I think it ended was ended up being five bucks or something. Which you know I know people on iOS or whatever is like, ah, oh, I gotta put money in, but. Totally worth it. You get the whole game for the one price, and it's definitely definitely a great uh, card-like, roguelike. And this sounds like something that I am also going to check out. Did the original have this art style? It did. Yeah, it was very, wow. very interesting. It yeah, really very helps. Cool. You know, it makes you like feel, I don't know, kind of invested. And in, like they just showed a new character, uh, girl character they're adding, and she looks really rad. And I'm like, yeah, I want to play as her. So, yeah, I really recommend this game. I keep playing it over and over again and i don't you know me i don't play roguelikes yeah. like this, no you so. don't not at all that is not your jam so that must be good so i'm definitely going to check this out um i do not play early access games because that just drives me insane but when this is done i'm i'm definitely down i will happily give them another five bucks or ten bucks or whatever and yeah. honestly i kind of wish they would bring 
the first meteor fall to switch i feel like it would do really well especially with slay the spire being like on everybody's uh top 10 list last oh year. yeah and yeah and this should also be on switch if it isn't already oh i don't think it is already yeah well let's hope let's hope let's hope all right so the other one i had real quick for you uh before some other games i have many indie games i've been playing on the switch but this one is one that just hit that sweet spot something that i didn't even know that i was missing if you know those games you like Load up a game, you're like, oh, I wanted this really badly. Didn't even know you wanted it till you got it. Now yeah. you knew it was missing from your life. Absolutely. And what it is is, and it rolls off the tongue, JDM Racing. What? Yep. What? Yep. What? Okay, never. I I look at the Switch store at least three times a week. I've never heard of this game, dude. Now I'm in you. I'm in your world, and get ready because I'm gonna find stuff you don't even know about. <laughs> Even All though, right. even Break though you're looking at, we're looking at the same page every day probably, but I'll find the difference. All so, right. what is JDM? JDM Racing. Racing's, I think, think it's like five bucks. Uh, talk about spending a lot of money. If you want to spend money, just go to the indie game store and switch because everything being five dollars, you're like, oh, just get four of them. Uh, so that's twenty bucks. So, well, to be fair, some of that stuff is not even five bucks, dude. If you go to the Switch game, uh, a Switch store, I'm buying stuff for like. 50 cents a dollar a i know I, I saw so one common i saw one yesterday it was 12 cents and i use those you get like those little coins you yes, know? yes yes and i just use my coins which aren't real money to buy a game for 12 cents and i was like what's happening there's there's weird numbers in there 19 cents 32 cents yeah it's what so are they strange. doing weird I no i have no idea anyway so this is like a, a dream some of my friend uh said this it looks like a dreamcast racing game okay. so it's like gran turismo light very very light l-i-t-e ah. um, sorry this is a pun this is a pun cast <gasps> pun- oh shit you did it again you I'm are a, on I'm fire filled with on fire. puns okay so it's just a simple ass you drive cars around in a in a gran turismo liking looking way and there's time trials and races and you can customize your car there's not much to talk about it's so basic okay <laughs> It Not doesn't, much to talk about, but we're talking about it. Well, be, we're talking about it because if you want an old-school Dreamcast, uh, Gran Turismo, PlayStation 1 style, pretty much, it looks better than that, uh, which doesn't have any bells and whistles. It's just a good racing game that feels fun to drift and drive and upgrade your car. That's it. That's all this is. Super simple. But on the Switch, it feels great, especially when you're on the, on the go and you just want to like race a couple tracks and you do have a career, you know, mode. So there's definitely things to unlock and you're continually working towards a goal on the career mode. And then there's daily challenges, which are interesting. I don't know why, but I'm in love with it. Like I always have pick it up like every day now. It's like, just get at least five, 10 minutes in with it and beat some time trials or whatever. It's so simple. It's just great. It's JDM racing. You got to have it. JDM racing. You got to have it. Yeah. All right. Excellent, excellent. I've literally never heard of that. I'm looking at the trailer right now. Okay, I will check that out. <laughs> there's some, I can't believe there's much in the trailer. It's probably just a car going around in a circle. It is literally just a car driving. So that <laughs> tells you all you need to know. If you want a car driving, JDM Racing is yes. your jam. All right, I got some more stuff to talk about. I got shitloads of stuff to talk about. First, I'm going to talk about... I get the name wrong all the time because this is a really generic name. Super Crush KO. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, it's by Vertex Pop who they put out a shooter a while ago that was actually pretty well received and i am blanking on what that shooter was 
It was, I don't remember, but uh, it's one of those. Anyway, whatever. It was a, oh, Graceful Explosion Machine. That's what it was. Mm. Um, if you remember that one, it was a indie darling a couple years back because it was very bright and colorful and simple and had a cute little combo system. Uh, and I believe it's on the Switch also. I believe it's on many systems. But a lot of people really liked Graceful Explosion Machine. And so uh, this is the follow-up. It's called Super Crush KO. In this game, it is a 2D combat like kind of a beat-em-up except for you're not fighting goons like think a little bit like final fight or you know Mm. something like that double dragon double dragon one of those kind of games except for there's also some platforming each level so it's 2d uh and i'm not even it's not pixel based it's kind of like i don't know it's kind of like it looks like flash animation to me and i i know that some people are going to take that as an insult i don't mean it to be an insult but i don't know the proper term for what kind of animation this is but the way that it looks like your character is kind of like a paper puppet that's kind of held together at the joints with like little fasteners. Uh, if anybody knows what this kind of animation is called, please let me know because I don't know the term and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not trying to be disrespectful here. I just don't know what it's called. But you play a girl who has a cat. It's like apparently the world's cutest cat or something like that. And then another girl from outer space shows up. And she's like, I want your cat. And the first girl's like, no, you can't have him. And she's like, well, I'm taking him. And then she bounces with the cat. And then you got to, like, chase your cat down through a bunch of 2D side-scrolling levels. And you beat up a lot of robots and stuff on the way. So that's basically what it is. Um, Your girl has, like, punches, kicks. She's got a couple of different special moves that she can do. Um, but that's kind of it. Um, it starts out okay because it's kind of visually cute. It's got the same bright, simple colors like they did with their first shooter. Uh, but as I played it, I, I mean, honestly, dude, I kind of got bored of it. Like, it, there wasn't, like, a lot going on. There's not a lot of story. The levels kind of just look the same as you just go through. Like, there's not a variation in the levels. And the enemies... Uh, I mean, to their credit, the enemies do ramp up nicely where it starts out very simple and then it slowly adds in new types and you go up and up and up. But I mean, that's kind of basic. I mean, every game has a difficulty curve and it's not really anything to really write home about. So you end up just going from screen to screen, beating up a bunch of robots. And once in a while you do a special move and you just keep going and beating some more robots. I mean, it's it's fine, but I feel like there needs to be more to it. Like there's there's no skill tree there's no customization um i mean the levels all look like they're the level you just played so it's kind of visually boring a little bit did you stop Um, did you stop playing it and not beat it i I stopped playing it did not beat it and it's not a long game i mean i'm guessing five hours tops or something i mean just just an estimate but i think i put in about two hours and i'm like okay i'm good because like i'm just i feel like i'm just doing the same thing over and over and it's not even looking different like it just is not keeping my attention so I was going to say a quick tangent is that like, can we think of another game where it's a side scrolling double dragon style game like that, that you've played recently that you, Oh wait, I'm answering my own question. It's door kickers, door kickers. Oh fuck. That's the best. Game but that's different. That is- that's different though. Cause you're not, it's not left to right the whole time. Right? No, it's, it's a 2d, but it's not left to right. The super crush game is definitely left to right. Door Kickers is more like you can go anywhere within a 2D plane. Right. So. I'm trying to think if there's another game like this, the one you're describing, uh, that we have like enjoyed because I feel like that genre is like kind of dead to me right now. I would kind of agree. I know that a lot of people were talking about one that just came out on Switch a couple months ago. I want to say it was called like 
Return of the Ninja or something. It was like a super generic name. Um, but you play, there's like four robot ninjas and it's a side of scrolling beat them up like this. But people said that one was really, really good and that I should check it out, but I didn't get a code and I didn't have any money at the time. So I did not check it out, but I think it's on my list. That one people said was great, but in general, I agree. I feel like this genre is pretty dead because most of them I play, I get really bored of them really quickly. Well, you know what? This is a perfect, uh, segue into a game that I am excited about, um, is called Earth Knight. Okay. And it's coming out. No, it's out already. And I probably would just pick it up this weekend. But it's a left to right, you know, run and jump and shoot and platform or whatever it is, you know, beat up things and, and go to the right. But I think what made that one interesting to me is that it's procedurally generated levels. Oh, no. That's Which terrible. scares you. I know. I know. Yes, I do not but like procedural generation. To me, I'm just saying it would, it potentially could make it more interesting than just basic ass levels that don't change in any way. So I, I don't know. We both grew up with left to right games like freaking Mario. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think that I, yeah, I definitely with so many new genres and because we played it to death when we were younger, it just definitely needs to be something different to get me going left. to yeah, right games. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with left to right games in general, but I think that when you talk, when you talk about a beat em up, Yes, I mean, yes, yes. if you don't have different characters, if you're not getting like different power ups, if you're not upgrading a character or earn, I mean, if you just like if the character you start with in level one is the same character you end up with at level 50, like what is what is the interest? What is the progression? What is there to keep players interested? And, you know, enemy variety can be a part of that. But I think that we've just kind of evolved past that point and it takes more than that to keep your interest these days right so. yeah evolved's a great way to put it because i just thought of wonder boy remember wonder boy oh man a million years yeah ago, sure or like my favorite system of all time turbo graphics had keith courage and even keith courage though you turn into a robot for some levels yeah but, i remember that one um yeah i just feel like you need a little something when you're doing left to right beat em ups but anywho yeah. that's unfortunate i guess Anyway, so not a win for me. Um, and the other game that I want to bring up is also a left-to-right sort of a game, although slightly different and slightly better. It's called Hardcore Mecha. Uh, this just came out on PS4, I want to say, a week ago. Maybe maybe two weeks ago. More like a week ago. Uh, it was an indie Kickstarter. Um, I don't know anything about the team. And basically, you take a robot and um, you just go and do this like anime-style story where you're rescuing people fighting evil forces, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm not a huge fan of the art style where it's like, I don't want to say it's like super deformed chibi style, but it kind of is. And I'm not really like, not really down with that, but it's really well done. I mean, I feel like it is not bad art. It is simply art that is not to my taste, but I think it is still well done art, if that makes any sense. Um, the cutscenes are really good. They're very anime style, like very kinetic and actiony. Um, I think they did a great job with the presentation. If you play single player mode, you only get one robot, which was actually a huge bummer to me because when I looked at the trailer, it showed like five or six different kinds of robots. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, if I can pick a different robot, like one looked like a shield robot. One was like a gun robot. There was one that was like a transforming airplane robot. I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. I'm down with I'm down with a variety of robots, but actually that was not true because when you're in a single player mode, you just get your one standard, you know, bipedal soldier robot with guns. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, but that's but weird if it's, they're available and they're only available in multiplayer. Exactly so. They're only available in multiplayer. Um, it's possible 
that if you beat the campaign, you might be able to change your different types of robots, but I didn't beat the campaign. Uh, I didn't get that far. It started out really well, and I like it. I think it controls... Um, the. Okay, so let me back it up. The action, I think, is fine. You you know, side to side, left to right levels, shooting robots with your various guns. You've got a, like a gun you're holding in your hand. You've got a gun mounted in your chest. You can dash around with a booster jet, which is pretty cool. Like, it's all fine, but the control setup is insane i don't know how they decided on how they mapped out the controller i my brain exploded trying to figure out how to control this game because you don't use the right stick for anything except you click it to use a power-up so like you're moving with the left stick you have to hold the r2 to hold still in place and then you also aim with the, the, the left stick and it's just it i'm like why did you guys do this you've got an entire stick you're not using you could have easily mapped aiming to the right stick like every other game on planet earth does this Dude, Why did you choose to not do this? I'm getting deja vu because you literally said the same exact sentence to another game in the past. You said the controls broke my brain. And you said, why didn't they map it to the analog stick? You said the exact same words. It's so weird. What game was it? Do you I don't remember, but it's. I just came back to me as you were saying it. I was like, this controls broke my brain. And I was like, he said that before. I mean, frequent brain breaking here. Indie folks, please like do do yourself a favor. Do me a favor. Don't don't think you're going to reinvent controls, okay? There's like a lot of really smart people that put a lot of time into this and players have grown up a certain way. Like, you know, we expect certain controls. Certain controls make sense. The controllers have a billion buttons and t- at least two sticks on them. Please use those things. Like it's so fucking crazy to me with the control setup they picked. And I eventually was like, okay, I'm managing it, but like I was often doing the wrong thing. Like I would shoot the wrong way or like, oh, I meant to move and I meant to shoot and I didn't do that thing. Or like it just, there was no need for the controls to be like this at all. If they had mapped the shooting to the right stick, it would have been totally fine, but they didn't do that and you can't change it. And I'm just like, I have no idea why. So yeah. controls were bananas um, and you only get the one robot in story mode. So I, I was playing it and it's fine and it was, it was good enough. But honestly, again, kind of like with uh, Super Crush KO, I got about halfway through and I'm like, okay, I, I'm starting to feel like I'm doing the same thing over. Um, please wrap up this game or let me change robots or something like, like freshen it up a little bit. And it just, it kind of lost me. I kind of got bored in the middle of it. So I think it's pretty well done, but you know, not that well done. Otherwise I would have finished it, but it, it is pretty cool. If you like mecha games, you like robot games, you like 2d platformers or shooters. It's worth a look. It's worth a look. It's not, uh, it's not going to be in my top 10 of the year, but I enjoyed the time that I had with it. I just wish, um, they had changed a few things in it. It's funny because um, now that I'm looking at the art of it, it does remind me of um, Keith Courage. A little bit, yeah. yeah kind and, of the, the, the physical ends. dimensions, yeah. Yeah, the heads are a little bigger than the body, which is kind of weird. Um, and by the way, this game came out for Linux as well. I just thought that I'd mention that. <laughs> All you Linux listeners out there, you're set. They're like, this is a really good game for us. <laughs> They're like, stop shitting on it. We don't have any games. <laughs> This is a game for us. Yeah, yes. this is a game that has a robot in it, and we're playing it on Linux. <laughs> There's probably somebody getting really mad at us right now. I know. They're like, no, seriously, Linux. By the way, Linux is amazing, so don't get mad at us because it's amazing. And if, if every more software ran on it, I would just run a Linux machine. Because, by the way, this is a fun side note. Install Linux as a partition on your computer, okay? Just do it. Linux Mint or something, something simple. And then, I don't know, use the Internet it's like lightning fast. Like your, your computer, I did it recently. The computer is like, it, it's a totally different experience. You're like, my computer's trudging along. Well, yeah, it is on Windows, 
because there's 8,000 things in the background running, right? In Linux, like you go to the like task manager for Linux, whatever the fuck it's called, and it's like, what what else is running Linux? And it's like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well, are like you sure? That. that sounds pretty good to me. It's dude is sick. Oh my goodness, internet! I'm telling you, internet's faster. Every process is faster. So Linux people, I love you. You know, I, I love Linux. I just can't render my sh- my stuff on it. That's the name of this episode. We love Linux. We love Linux and also the Puncast. Wait, the we love. Can you literally write this down? You're not going to do this. We love Linux colon the Puncast and make that the title of this episode. All right, I can, I can do. That's within my powers. I can do. Okay, that. let me let me write it down. We I love Linux colon the Puncast. That's right. hilarious. While I'm writing this down, you've got more games to talk about. What is your next game, Carlos? Okay, you write it down. Uh, this one is I like a lot. Uh, I have a couple issues with it, but it is called Warlocks God Slayers Two. Oh, I was looking at this. I was looking at this. Hold on a sec. Okay, go ahead. Go this ahead. is a 2D uh, side-scrolling platformer action RPG. Those are all the words. Uh, I, interestingly enough, can't find God Slayers 1. I don't think there was a Warlocks God Slayers 1, so I'm confused on why it's a God Slayers 2. Are you playing this on Switch or are you playing this? I'm playing on, on Switch. Switch. Yes, okay. I'm playing on Switch. All right. All right. So, uh, okay, yeah, I don't know where the God Slayers 1 went. But Warlocks God Slayers 2... Essentially, you play from, you can pick from five different characters, and they all have different abilities. Some are more kind of ranged people, some are more melee. As you know, I normally like melee, but I didn't know which character did what, so they do a really bad job of like telling you what the moves are. You just see like abilities, and you don't know what those mean. So you just have to trial and error play each character. So the first one I started with, uh, I just kind of kept, and it's more of a ranged weapon so she throws these blades and you so do you, do you pick one and just keep them for the whole campaign or do yeah you, you switch keep, between them or no, how does no, it work? yeah you keep you pick one in the beginning that's your character you're going to play this game with it's a role-playing game right so it's still a role-playing game at the heart of it which you i'll tell you how the process works in a minute all right and but, is it, it actually like platform is it, it's a side view game isn't it or yeah how yeah is it? it's okay. platform action rpg okay 2d 2D. So, uh, and kind of small characters, which I'll get to in a minute. They're like they're not huge characters at all because the world has a kind of a Metroidvania feel to it, where there's definitely areas you can't get to right away, and you're going around this huge map, uh, which they do do a good map button so you can kind of see where you're at. But essentially, there's these huge worlds that you explore, and there's all these little missions you do in those worlds. So, think of a massive map, Metroid map, right? And you're going okay. and like finding some artifact somewhere, killing monsters along the way, or you're finding a boss somewhere and killing him, going back to the quest giver, and mission, get experience points. And then when you get experience points, you upgrade your skills like any other RPG. Very simple, not not a ton of them, uh, small skill tree, but just enough to feel like you're getting more badass. And again, I picked the this girl who throws blades, and she's got all these ranged abilities. But I seem to be having a, a fine time with it, uh, even though I'm not. I'm normally a melee person. Now, a couple real quick problems. Uh, the first is, for some reason, they map the action button that you're going to attack with, which, by the way, has a cooldown. So there's kind of a Diablo-esque feel at times. It, they mapped it to the left bumper. What? Yeah. What? Like you just said earlier, so I'll, I'll double down on what you said. You, you just press A. <laughs> what? what? Just, just press A. You know what I mean? Like, just press A. <laughs> well, that begs the question, what is on the A button then? Uh, let me think. So 
they put an ability on the right bumper as well. So basically my dash and my attack are left and right bumper. Doesn't feel great. Ooh, that sounds rough. Doesn't feel great. Weirdly enough, though, I have the Switch and the Switch Lite. And so they're pretty close to the analog stick. So I'm not, like, dying, right? If I was dying, I'd put the game down. But I'm, I'm doing it. But I, the other buttons are, let's see, they, I, you know the directional pad? You have, yeah. to, you have to hit that to do your heal items. So that's a little tricky, too, because then you have to, like, take your left thumb and kind of go down and tap it real quick, then go back up to the controller. I wish that was like a right bumper. Um, now, developers don't get mad at me if there's like the menu that I missed where I can switch all these, but I don't think I found it. I think this is just how it is. Oh, man. I, you know, I was looking at this one and I mean, I'm still interested, but like hearing you say that, it's just like, dude, what is dude. up? It's like, why it, it, does it cost you an extra $10,000 to like put in a, uh, a remapping option or something? Because I've played a number of games le- lately where, like, there's just no option to remap, and it drives me up the fucking wall because developers make the most weird-ass fucking choices sometimes with their controls, and it's like... So it's like, don't make me conform to your control. Let me change it to the way that I want to play because everybody's different. Everybody's got a preference. You may think you have the best control, and it may be true for you. It is not true for me, I guarantee you. So, like, let me change it. Like, it is... It's so strange to me that it played so many fucked up controls and no one gives the fucking uh, reassignment menu. Like, it's got to be. It's like, that should be standard in all games, dude. I wonder, because now that I'm, you know, working with a developer, I'm going to ask them maybe, like, Monday morning on, like, what the difficulty is. I think sometimes it's not that it's difficult. It's that it just gets put on the lower on the priority list because I know firsthand that we're working on controls for the game that we're working on and, like, where those buttons are, what the what the actual uh, inputs are, is not even anybody's radar, which is interesting, right? It's I, like, have, I have played your game, and please tell them it should be on their radar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it should be on everybody's radar is the point here. Absolutely, absolutely. That is like, that is, ba- like, here it is. Okay, so here it is. We got to make a list of, like, shit that you need to do whenever you're making a game, and it doesn't matter who you are or what game it is. You got to have remap controls, number one. Number two, subtitles. If you don't have subtitles, get the fuck out. Like, you need to have subtitles in your fucking game. Uh, I mean, there's a couple things that I think are just real fucking standard, like saving anywhere. I think that should be pretty high up on the list, too. So there's just this is a quality of life stuff, real basic stuff. Let's let's have you make a PDF of that. Called the I'm so, going to do it right, so, right now. Yeah, So Video hold Games on, Podcast. On. Well, not right now. Right, okay. So, so Video Games Podcast PDF. Uh, things developers need to do in games, and then we'll put it out there, and we'll just, like, share it. We'll torrent it around. Fuck, dude. Oh, God. Crazy okay. basic stuff, dude. It's like, like buying a car, and it's only Shit. got, like, three wheels. Yeah, we wanted to do the fourth wheel, but it was just real low on the list. So here's three I, wheels. I don't know if it's that exactly, but yes. It's I that bad. Sh- it is okay. that exactly. It's okay. not that. Anyway. So the game itself, though, is super addictive. Um, that what's interesting is that there's different worlds, so you can like look at the globe and kind of go to different places, and each place is a massive map, and it's a pretty pretty big maps. And also, there's a hub, and the hub is a bar, and the bar has like a bartender and a band playing. And the part that I haven't mentioned yet is it's got jokes all over it, so it's like got a humor esque, humor esque, humor humoresque, humoresque. Is that a we word? We just invented a word. We just invented a word. It's humor esque. <laughs> But uh, kind of like I'm, like kind of like I'm ethnic is what I've decided. People <laughs> are like, know. what? What is he? Oh, he's ethnic. Okay, um, that's the thing because I it's a long story. If that's how you self-identify, I respect your choices. Well, that's how other people identify. So uh, it's got humor <laughs> in it, which is really interesting. It's not 
like super funny out loud, but it, it definitely helps the ride, right? If you're doing this huge epic RPG, it's sometimes fun to have these little jokes along the way. So they really go to town on like some cheesy stuff where it looks like it's a normal game, but when you have that text in there, right? Like, oh yeah, he hates that. Every Monday he does whatever. And, you're, and he's talking about a monster. And you're like, oh, there's some interesting context I can kind of pretend. Does that make sense? You're like, yeah, no, I I'm hate gonna, it. I'm going to say yes. Okay. I think I know what you mean, but yeah. I haven't played the game, so I can't say for sure. Okay, yeah, that's a general idea. I like the fact that they added that. I, I, it, to me, it's something cool. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, and this is in many games I've been playing on the Switch, because uh, I'm not playing it on the TV. It's just on the contr- uh, you know, on the handheld. Sure. Um, hey, developers, put this in your PDF, uh, Brad. If you're developing on the Switch, fucking, uh, you know... Fucking, uh, fucking, <laughs> just you know, fucking make that text a little bigger, bruh. A little bigger, yeah, yeah. bruh. What the <laughs> fuck? Seriously, it is messed up, dude. I would, and I have very good vision. Twenty twenty, straight up, can't see some of these words. Is it? Does it seem like it's like a straight port from PC, where maybe it was big enough on PC if you're, you know, two inches from the screen? Maybe, but, it, but even on a PC, I bet you if this was blown up, it's still small. Like, okay, so okay. this is in this game, all the text is like a little difficult to read. So that was kind of a bummer because the whole idea is they're adding humor to the text. Uh, long story short, I really like the game. Like, I definitely went back to just try some other characters. Uh, again, it's not a roguelike, it's not like that. It's like I just wanted to see if I wanted to start over. With a different character because they, I think they do a bad job of showing what each character does. Can you run multiple? I'm like, would there be a reason to have multiple campaigns? Like, that's, does it? That's my point. I don't think there is. At least I okay, can't see it. Okay. it. It looks like it's one big fucking game. That's a role playing game, right? And like, it, you're saving it and you're beating whole huge maps. I'm not gonna want to go back and do that map. Well, let me ask you this then. So let's say, for example, um, if you have your your lady that throws blades and and you beat like you know map number one or whatever. I don't know. You go in, you beat that map. If you go back to the bar and switch to, you know, some other dude, when you come back, will that first map still be completed or will it like reset the whole game progress? Yeah, it's just reset. It's a whole new RPG. Ah, yeah, lame. Yeah. Okay, yeah. lame. All right. Yeah, I guess it's that's almost like they I don't know what which they were going for because they did have different characters with different ways of approaching the level. Yeah, if it they made me switch them, that would make sense, right? Like they're all that's, at the bar. That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. I don't. I mean, what? Watch. Maybe halfway through the game they allow that. I don't know. But for right now, I started new game saves just to see what those characters were like. Uh, weirdly enough, I stayed with the range one, and I like her the best. So, huh, okay. I, I, you know what though? Every night I'm playing it. Like I'm still wanting to get each new map open. I like going back to the bar, seeing what they're gonna say, the little jokes. I mean, kudos to these people. Minus the font, which is ridiculous. I really enjoy it. So, uh, it's called. Warlocks, Godslayers Two, there is no one. If there is, I don't. I can't find it. Excellent. I'm glad you brought this up because I actually was. I think this is on my wish list. I looked at it a while ago, and I almost pulled the trigger. But I'm like, well, it looks like it's all got the right things. But I wasn't quite sure. So I think you have emboldened me to maybe give it a shot. Yeah, I'll I see think if it's on sale. Yeah, I think you would like it. I really do. Um, yes, I think you'll like it. And the art style Excellent. I like a lot too. Okay. Good. 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 Um, I've lost track of where we are. Do you have one more or is it back I to have me? one more. Um, okay. Or wait, you have another one? Are you, are, you, are you down to your final game? I have a, a Switch game and a Tony... Oh, a Tony Hawk. I, was, I, just, I spoiled what I'm talking uh, about. You just outed yourself. 
Uh, uh, let me just do right. one, and I'll do okay. one. You do one. Uh, I have two, but both of mine are pretty quick. Okay, do, I was, do do one now. I'll do two, and then you finish with Tony Hawk. Okay, the one that I'll just—it's like a half a second. That is interesting, and also on the Switch is called Drawn Gion. It's <laughs> it's like drawn. Wait, it's like drawn with dungeon, but I don't know how to say it. So drawn G E O N. Oh, okay. Drawn Gion. I'm gonna look it up. Go ahead, keep talking. So it's basically a pen and paper style drawing, art style. So it's like like you have a blue point pen on a piece of line, line paper, that style. And it's a first person dungeon crawler. So okay. it's an old school dungeon crawler where you're fighting monsters and they all look like, you know, someone drew them. Well, he actually did. I think in the concept art, you could see he just scribbled them on uh, notebook paper. And then he uh, okay. put him into the game. I, I like the style. Uh, it's interesting. I haven't I haven't really went back to it since I played it a few times. So it's not something that really got its hooks in me. But I, the art style is so interesting. And I do like dungeon crawlers. So it's it's okay. That's all I have to say about it. But I think it's, it's at least it's okay. It's okay. Drongian. It's okay. Um, I think it might have more depth later on. I didn't give it enough time. So I would definitely at least have people like check it out for the art style alone because I really do like the idea of notebook paper come to life. And I remember as a kid, I would always draw these same types of things like this monster in a dungeon. And so Drongian, if you like art style that's like paper and pen, you might like it. And you like dungeon crawlers. It's simple. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a trailer right now. This looks exactly like if you had taken some 16-year-old's uh, notebook from when they were bored in math class, and it looks like they were scribbling monsters and dragons. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's got a cool, it's got a cool look to it. I am. It is very rare that I will get into a first-person dungeon crawler. That is not a genre that I generally enjoy. Although I have, I have liked a few of them, but uh, it does look cool. I don't think I would play this just because I don't like the genre, but the the graphics do look pretty neat. Yeah, I think that's what drew me in. And, like, it, there's, like... Um, you say it drew you in, Carlos? Oh, jeez. Oh! This is definitely... What is the name of the podcast? It's the Puncast. It's the Puncast. But what's the first part of it? I wrote it down. I don't remember. You wrote it down, though, didn't you? I did. It's We Love Linux. That's what it okay, is. Okay, colon, Puncast. I didn't um, remember. That's all. I didn't remember. So, yeah, that's all. And there's, like, uh, random items and inventory management and loot drops and it's a first person dungeon crawler and it's okay it's like pretty fun but that's all i have to say about it cuz all I, right yeah that that's fair that's fair do you, okay last question you said you hadn't gone back to it do you think you'll go back to it i think i will yeah i think i will okay. yeah all it's right. just like no the warlocks got me uh good and i really want to finish that game i think so i'm going to go yeah. with that first yeah we're only human you can only really focus on one thing at a time i get you i feel you on that uh, a couple games, and then I'm out of games for the week. Number one, Code Vein. We have not talked about this before, have we? We have. Oh, jeez. We talked about so many games. I wanted to play it. I know it's a Dark Souls-type game. I don't think we talked about it in the show. Okay. Okay. I don't think we – I mean, maybe I mentioned it. I don't think we talked about it in depth. If we did, I apologize, folks. It's hard to keep up. Uh, but I played Code Vein coming from i want to say bandai namco no it is basically a third person uh real-time action game i whenever i see this game it totally reminds me of like um big titty anime dark souls ripoff because that's exactly what it is with vampires thrown into it too um the story is nothing to talk about basically you're in some kind of post-apocalyptic city 
everybody needs to drink blood except like you never drink it from anybody you like look for these little plants that grow blood and i'm like this is stupid we should if we're vampires let's be vampires because sucking the red juice out of plants is not nearly as cool um everybody i mean the visual style is kind of neat everybody if you like the anime style everybody's got like a million belt buckles and leather straps and capes and tiny hats and all sorts of stuff. Wait, wait, tiny hats. A million tiny hats, dude. I, you lost um, me at that part of it. Okay. Oh, man. And I gotta say, I, gotta, I mean, props to the character creator. The character creator is off the hook. It is bananas. It is so good. You can change any part of your person. You can, like, alter, like, the color of the clothes, what parts of the clothes are on, like, where they go. You can, like, change how they sit on your character. Like, like for example, if you have a tiny hat, and there's several of them, as I just <laughs> mentioned, you can, you can tilt it so that it's totally forward in the middle of your forehead. You can tilt it so it's all the way back. You can cock it to the side. Dude, can, this is like a tiny hat simulator. It is Tiny Hat Sim 2.0. Like, it's really, really good. So, I mean, the character creator is great. Um, so, I like that a lot. Uh, the gameplay is very Dark Soulsy, but simplified, where there is a stamina meter, and you do, like, lock-ons, you roll around, you can parry, uh, and then you go through these uh, levels in real time, like, searching every corner for, you know, keys or items or something. Uh, you, there's lots of ambushes, just like in Dark Souls. Um, there's, like, little bonfire-type things, just like Dark Souls. So it is very, it is very Dark Souls, if you like that kind of a thing. Um, I got real far into it. I want to say I got maybe 25 or 30 hours into it. And I was I was pretty down at the beginning. I liked the, the visuals. I thought the visuals were cool. Uh, post-apocalyptic was kind of different than the regular, you know, fakey uh, medieval Dark Souls stuff. Uh, but as I got on, I just got really tired of it because the story goes nowhere. The story is really boring. It's just like a lot of anime babble that doesn't mean anything. And they never built up any emotional stakes. Uh, I could barely remember anything about the characters. I just didn't care about anybody, which was a problem. But it would not have been a big problem if the gameplay stayed strong. Unfortunately, it did not. Like, it starts out okay enough. Like, fairly simple. Um, I don't like the skill system. And a lot of it is tied to, like... It, it's kind of complicated. But let me just say, it's not a great skill system. I don't think it really works that well. It's kind of the a system that really disincentivizes you from changing your class because you have to keep leveling things up. And so there's a million different skills and a million different classes. And it seems like they want you to go and, like, pick and choose your way through them. But starting at about a third of the way through the game, I found it to be really crippling to have to go to a different class if I wanted to learn a new skill because then like none of my other skills were leveled up and it just it just was a problem. Like I didn't think it really worked as well as they thought it probably would work on paper. Are you jumping uh, around from different like um, classes then at, like because you have to? You don't have to. You can just oh, okay. it's your same character, but your character can be any class they want to at any time. But you have to like level up those skills individually. So like let's say, for example, you start the game as a, a melee fighter. Uh, you will level up those skills as you play, and then once you unlock those skills, you can just have them to use any time. If you switch to, like, a magic user, you lose all the combat skills if they're not leveled up. So, like, you've got, like, increased life and better blocking or something, but then you go to become a mage, and it's like, oh, you don't have those things anymore. You're oh. just, you know, and you can eventually do it. Like, you can mix and match, but you have to level them up, and that grind is, like, what kills it because... As you get further in the game, they start requiring you to grind more and more and more and more and more. So instead of just like surviving one or two levels and then you got the skill that you need, it's like, oh, I got to play for like 45 minutes before I can lock the skill that I need because I don't like to be this class and I got to go back to my first class because that's the good one. And mm. it just it was really kind of janky. And I just it just it seemed like they wanted you to grind. And I just don't like to grind, especially not in a game like this. 
Uh, but the real, the ultimate problem that really killed it for me was like the levels got to be really long, like so long, and there was nothing really interesting in them. You were just doing a lot of hallways, a lot of like things that were essentially hallways, and there'd be like you know a bad guy every couple steps. You kill the bad guy, keep going. A couple ambushes here and there. It just, it just nothing was really interesting about it. It started out being okay. And it just drew itself out for way too long. It was not able to sustain my interest for the entire way through. Um, so I bailed after like 25 or 30 hours, which was ridiculous because I thought I was near the end. And I'm like, I got to be near the end now. I look up an FAQ and it's like, you are halfway through the game. And I'm oh, like, oh, it's so defeating. Yeah, I'm, yep. hearing, I'm hearing a through line here from a lot of the games you've been reviewing. That's just kind of like, hey, at some point, if it gets boring, I'm out, you know? I mean, that is like my thesis statement for game design and for life is like, you know, if you're making the game, your game needs to end when you run out of ideas. If you run out of ideas before your game ends, you have fucked up. And I know that some people get scared of that because they either don't have enough ideas or they don't know how to make those ideas happen. But like all the best games, keep your interest somehow, whether that's skills you're unlocking, whether that's new enemies you're fighting that are different challenges, whether it's, you know, story beats that keep you interested. Like, there's got to be something to, to bring you along. And if it's just doing the same thing over and over, just end your game. Like, seriously, yeah. just end it, man. Just it's, stop. It's funny because that's exactly why I kept playing and still am playing Nino Kuni 2 because they gave me so many different types of, well, A, genres in that game where there's like, remember, there's city building and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I remember that. And then so like you'll you'll grind for a bit like a role playing game, but then it's because you're trying to get to this, you're trying to I don't know solve this story, and you go back and there's like a lot of cutscenes and there's story bits, and you're like oh okay cool, and then when you finish that you grind a little bit just so you can get to build your town up again. So now you're doing a different type of activity, so you're being brought along these little beats. But if there's no yeah. beats, then yeah. And also my my other question for this game is it, is it hard as Dark Souls or? easier i'm taking it oh it is it's far far easier i mean it's still hard in a few points like some of those um ambushes are really kind of rude but in general much easier than dark souls especially if you find a character class that you click with and mm. i mean it's basically just like just keep equipping the biggest sword that you got and you'll be fine uh so it's it's easier but i mean and that was really one of the things that kind of kept me going was because it was kind of boring at the, at the beginning but it was easy enough that i could just kind of keep playing it and it wasn't too much of a barrier i didn't have to work too hard so I was kind of hoping if I just stayed in long enough, it would get a little better. But yeah, I mean, you just it, it just wasn't interesting enough at all. So I, I bailed on that. Um, the last game I want to mention and the last game for me for the show, Indie, on Switch, really super interesting. Uh, it's called Draw Chili, C-H-I-L-L-Y. Have you heard of this one, Carlos? I haven't. I'll look it up right now. Literally no one on earth has heard of this game. It is from a... I want to say it's a Russian developer. I could be wrong. I think they're called Az, Azamatica, I believe their studio is called. They have one other game on the Switch. Uh, so this is their second game. The art style kind of looks like um, the Warlock game. Okay. So pixel-based, kind yeah. of like a little quirky. It's great. So Draw Chili is a fucking bizarre... I don't even know how to even explain it, which is a problem because I am talking on this podcast. Uh, so basically, you play a guy who dies. He goes to the afterlife. And when you get there, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are there. And they're like, hey, bro, we need you to do a, a solid. And you can't say no because you're just a guy and we're the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So you basically have to do what they say. And what they want you to do is get on an elevator and take this elevator from floor zero in purgatory and take it up to floor 100 
along the way you have a squad of fellow dead dudes who will go with you and they're kind of like little pikmin guys that go along with you you don't get to like send them orders or anything they're all controlled by the ai but you always have a little squad with you uh some guys are like little melee guys some guys will be like a shooter guy one guy's like a healer guy and you just stay on this elevator so the entire game takes place on an elevator which is basically just like a flat platform that goes vertical that's kind of what the entire game is although the backgrounds change a little bit as you rise um, and as that happens you get swarmed by monkeys tons and tons and tons and tons of monkeys you've got your monkeys you've got like capuchin monkeys you've got chimpanzees you've got baboons you've got orangutans you got gorillas you got like the entire primate kingdom shows up and they all <laughs> got different powers they've all got they throw shit at you they drive cars they shoot guns they drop balloons they do also they ride bikes they do all sorts of crazy ass fucking things so far this sounds like a normal monday this sounds average yeah, monday average in monday. carlos's yeah. land yes yeah. Uh, so like so basically you stay in one place you're on the elevator the elevator is the only level it rises and every level there's like a new swarm of monkeys you beat up the monkeys and as you go you unlock new dudes for your squad like all these guys have different powers you um, level yourself up so you can give yourself like better attacks uh, better life life amount um, and then you get these power-ups which drop and really the power-ups are kind of like the crux of the game because these big fat pigeons will fly around shit. and they, they also do take a shit but they will drop crates and there's like maybe 15 or 20 different power-ups and so you manage those power-ups you can hold i think eight or maybe more than eight if you if you upgrade yourself but and you have to activate the power-ups you do have to activate them but you keep them and like really the heart of the game is managing these power-ups because you have to know which power-up is the right one for the right situation so for example you'll get a fan and so the fan is fucking worthless unless there are a bunch of monkeys standing at the edge of the elevator and then you turn on the fan and it blows them off the edge. That's like the only thing it's good for. So if you have it when you need it, it is amazing. If you if you have it when you don't need it, it's a waste of time. Mm. Or there will be like uh, a worm that drops down and he'll spit all over the ground. Shut and the if you <laughs> I know, right? And if you're in the middle of a crowd, the worm spit slows down the monkeys and it speeds you up. So if you're in the middle of a crowd, it's great. Otherwise, it doesn't do jack shit. And so there's all sorts of these power-ups that do something in a very specific situation. And you have to figure out what situation they're best for. And also you have to get them because they're kind of randomly dropped by the pigeons. And so you're, you're like judiciously saying, okay, well, I'm going to save this one for later. I'm going to save this one for now. And I'm going to, you know, you're kind of going back and forth about what power-up is best for each situation. And as you're doing all this, there is the most bizarre fourth wall breaking story like the the four horsemen and that your character talk to you the player they talk to each other they talk about like it being a game they talk about the game developers they talk about the process of making a game they talk about the game's world and like you know being in, in purgatory it's just like the most bizarre fucking thing it's so crazy dude now i know how you feel when i was telling you about my simple pc game where the guy's in his guitar case i mean <laughs> i feel just as lost right now it is, this is a this is a crazy game, but I'll tell you what, dude. I'll tell you what. I got this game on sale. When I started this game, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what was happening. And I'm like, this is this is mad. This is chaos, chaos in my Switch. But it was intriguing to me because the art style is really great. The pixel work is top notch. I love the pixel work. These guys are very creative. All the monkeys have funny animations. All sorts of weird shit happens. And I'll tell you what, Carlos, I actually finished this game all the way through. What? Finished this game all the way through. And it's great because it is so fucking crazy. Like, you never know what's going to happen in the next level. 
like you, the bosses show up and like one boss is like a, a pirate with a shark and the shark shows up. Wait, one just boss to, don't, is, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I got to tell you one. One okay. boss is Kim Jong-un from North Korea shows up. He's got missiles flying what all over the, the place. F is going on? There's all sorts of crazy political commentary happening. And this game feels like a very like Russian Eastern European sort of a game where it's like really nihilistic, really pessimistic, where really they, depressing. Where they have monkey problems for some reason. Severe monkey problems in Russia. I guess you didn't know that, but severe monkey problems. So this game is crazy and it, it's just so this is a perfect example where the gameplay, if you look at it just on its own, you're literally in the same level for the entire game, killing a bunch of monkeys with power ups. Like it's it seems like not nearly enough to base a game on, but it's so funny. And every cutscene is something you don't expect. Like, it's out of left field. Every new monkey that shows up is fucking nuts. And, like, all the power-ups do something wildly different. So, like, every level, you're just getting, like, one new thing. You're going to get one new thing per level, just about. And that was, like, totally enough to keep me in it. Like, I wanted to see the next power-up. I wanted to see the next cutscene. Right. I wanted to see the next boss. And even though the gameplay was pretty similar, there was challenge to it. And so there was definitely some skill in managing those power-ups. But it was just, like... What's coming up next? I don't know. I right. literally don't know. There's no way to know. There's no way you could predict. And it was enough to keep me in. So that's a really great example of like, you know, end your game when you run out of ideas. These guys never ran out of ideas. They had ideas all the way through. Ideas it, for days. Man, mega ideas. Dude. And they also give you the drip feed of, like you said, like a new thing to try out. Right. Exactly. Ability. Now, Every, yeah. I have two questions. One, uh, can you combine the abilities at all? Like a fan with the worm or whatever? Or no? You don't merge them together as such, but you can do them rapid fire so that both effects are happening at the same time. So you can, you know, for example, fire off the fan. And when the fan is still going, switch to the worm or switch to like the right. gun or switch to something else. So you can like double up just you yourself do that but they don't automatically like combine or anything like that right okay and then the second question is how's the saving because i i want to play this game like immediately and i'm going to download it if the saving is okay oh saving's great it auto saves like um i think like every level so like you're never more than i mean like one minute away from wherever you were the last oh time, so. well, then that's it forget about it as soon as this episode's over i'm downloading it this sounds oh man just up my alley because it's like weird i don't know what's going on you said kim jong-un forget about it this i mean is this is done is- <laughs> hands down i've played a lot of games on the switch this is possibly the weirdest fucking game that's on the switch and it's weird in a really good way i really yeah. like it also quick shout out their other game is also on switch that one is called peace death p-e-a-c-e and that is basically like you're playing papers please in hell i'm playing it right now and i'll talk about it maybe on the next show oh next show i'll talk about a game that's like papers please too interesting Excellent, excellent. Uh, and I want to last thing I'll say about that real quick is if you are younger and listening to this podcast, which I've learned many people are not our age and are younger and have listened to this podcast, you might not know about a game called Ape Escape. But that reminded me of Ape Escape, where there's a lot of monkeys and they all have different monkey abilities, yeah, and different yeah. hats or something. Ape Escape and Ape Escape Two, and I think there's a third one. They're all very good. They're very fun and weird to play. Go find them on whatever. PS you, Now or whatever PS. Yeah, you can play those. Those are still around. My son was just playing one the other day. You can get them on PS, uh, the PS Store or PS Now or something. So. Yeah, it's really fun. Okay, I have one more game, and it's a big one. All right, lay it on us, sir. So uh, last week or so, a week and a half ago, I had mentioned on Twitter that I was freaking out about Tony Hawk being expensive still. So Tony Hawk 5, uh, I didn't really play it when it first came out. People said it was garbage. I didn't care because I still just wanted Tony Hawk, but I was really on the skate train. Like around this time, uh, a lot of people were just like, they switched over to skate. 
they loved Skate 3. They loved the world that Skate was creating. And we kind of had like, oh, yeah, I get Tony Hawk. So we had a little Tony Hawk fatigue going on. But right about now, I've been craving me some Tony Hawk because it's been forever since a new game. Tony Hawk 5 came out. I don't do research. When? A while ago? Uh, a couple years ago, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. When Probably longer out. than that, but who knows? You could use Google while I'm talking. About I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, so it came out, whatever. And so the other day I was like, you know what? I am going to go back and play that game because I know it's not very deep, and but it's still got grinding and it's got Tony Hawk. So I go to load it up or I go to buy it and it was $60 digital. Which is crazy. It's Which a five-year-old game. I just looked it up. Five, five years old. So fuck off. Stupid. So I tweet at Activision. I said, hey, Activision. Nothing mean. I was like, I really would, would love to play some Tony Hawk 5 right now. But if for some reason it's $60 digital in the store, can a little help or something like that. And then literally while I was doing the podcast with CJ, he's like, no, dude, it's like $15 on sale right now. And I'm just saying maybe they saw my tweet. But That's I did. how much pull we have in the industry right there. I you know. Said, I think, You said put this shit on sale? Boom. They did I it. I think like, I said put it time. on sale for $15. I'm just saying. I think I did. And they did. It happened literally while you were talking about it. So anyways, and then I think it was trending or something on Twitter, which is crazy. Just the world <laughs> is crazy. So, of course, I downloaded it. I bought it in a second. So Activision, thank you. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but uh, fucking great. So I have some things about it. Because I finally like dug into it, right? When it first came out, people didn't like it. It was very limited. Had a lot of online stuff, which I'll talk about. But in general, they kind of just panned it because they didn't have that true kind of one-player worlds that Tony Hawk had. Like Tony Hawk had these really interesting worlds and the school and a boat and places you want to go and kind of like see the whole world and skate it. But I think 5 was more like, here's a map, you know? Uh, so that is true. So I played it, and it's definitely like make your own park. Uh, you know, there are definitely what I think eight or nine main maps that they built, but of course they're locked. So you've got to like get the word skate and do all these different you know missions within each board to earn stars to open up the next level. They it seems like either I'm worse at Tony Hawk now because I haven't played it for a while. Uh, but it's just a lot of stuff to do to unlock the second board. But luckily, there are people who can make their own boards. So there's create, created levels, player created levels. And now I went to the new section and there's none because, you know, no one's <laughs> making new ones. <laughs> I was just going to ask, are people still playing this after five years? There's no way. No, they are. They 100% are. Because if you go into a map, you can either make it private server, which sounds weird to say it's a fucking map and uh, or you can like just join the regular one and when i joined the regular one there was all these people skating really that is impressive wow yeah. that's crazy because I, I, again here's by the way i like this game so my spoiler is yeah if you want tony hawk it's 15 dollars. get it it's fucking tony hawk and it feels good there's a couple issues and i'll tell you about them right now but in general that's why people are still playing it we want tony hawk 6 we want whatever the next tony hawk is it's not skate and we know that. It's more arcadey, and we know that. But uh, the, those of us who grew up with it, I just want more of it. And I want a full world, like a really realized like world, open world style with Tony Hawk abilities. Fuck, man, I want that. So here's a couple of real big problems. 
One, I don't hate, like the idea that servers, I feel like it takes longer. You, you make your own private server. It's not like loading up a map in a game that's already downloaded, right? It's, it's generating this thing. It takes a little while. And then I don't like, you know, multiplayer being by default, but whatever. Uh, I think that it takes a little too long to unlock levels. So right now I'm playing like all the player created levels and just having fun with that, which is fine because that's there. They have a new ability this time where if you hit the triangle button that normally grinds, by default, it like slams down at the ground. So like it forces you to down to the ground really fast. I don't know what they were going with that mechanic for, but it's like... Wait, wait, wait. Do you mean like if you're like in the air and you press triangle, your board just like goes straight to the ground? Yeah, it goes straight to the whatever you're going to grind. Like I don't know what that was used for. Like to do more grinds or to quickly make combos or something. It's terrible. It feels bad. Now... Here's the beautiful thing. You can turn it off. Hmm. And I had no idea the first time I played it. I was like, oh, what's this multiplayer only server game where they change the controls? You know, just, but I'm here to tell you, buy it for 15 bucks, turn off that fucking feature. It's, it's not Tony Hawk, right? I turned it off and I was grinding like normal. And so none of that weird, you know, force down shit happened. So then the second thing is the music is good. Which it reminded me of old Tony Hawk vibes, you know, like feeling those like punk rock songs or rap songs. You're like, whoa, this is like, it's your soundtrack to your skating. So I like the music a lot. And that's all I have to say about it, I think. I just, I really like it. It's not deep at all. Uh, The player created levels are pretty much all I'm playing because I feel like it takes too long to unlock the other levels. But I think I'll just keep doing it. I'll I'll do the missions. Uh, It's got a little online, a lot of too much online ness to it but if you look past that and you just want to play tony hawk and it's 15 dollars, it's definitely a buy for me and i'm so happy they, they lowered the price quick okay i got a couple questions um and i got some stuff to say but first off if you okay so like if you were to unplug the ethernet cable from your ps4 or whatever would this game be unplayable like does it require to be online or can you play it offline that is an interesting question um i hate that i think the answer is you can't play it because that's ridiculous. But every time you make any game, it says, do you want to do private server or like regular, which regular means like people are on it. So yeah, it probably needs the internet, which is stupid. Okay. I was just wondering, cause I'm like, you know, I, well, number one, I'm kind of surprised that there are even still servers running for this game after five years. Cause I don't know that, you know, I mean, companies are getting in the habit of just shutting games down these days. And so I'm a little surprised it still works. I would, I mean, so which made me think, well, can you still play it even if there are no servers? I mean, if the answer is no, that'd be kind of a... I mean, for me, anyway, I'm like, ah, forget it. Okay, wait. I know enough about game development that I bet you it's yes because I bet you the insides of it says, hey, if there's no online ability, you know, still the private server is the button that says make a local match. So it probably just defaults. I'll test it after this. But test it out. Let me know how it goes. Okay, yeah. so cool. Well, this sounds really cool. It's interesting you brought this up at this time because I've actually started to hear more and more people mentioned that they are in the mood for a Tony Hawk. I don't know, maybe if Tony Hawk popped up somewhere and people, you know, were reminded of him being a person or maybe somebody was rumored in development or something. I don't know what happened, but like it seemed like out of nowhere all of a sudden Tony Hawk is kind of like a re-entering the discussion um after being dormant for, you know, however long, 5 I years mean, or whatever it is. I'm just saying it's probably my tweet, dude. <laughs> I mean, I mean that could be your tweet, could be that right there. No. It's funny though, like I've never really been the biggest Tony Hawk guy. I mean, I've played them and I think they're okay. But I'm not great at them. Like, for some reason, I just, 
I'm just I'm not very good. And a good friend of mine, um, Doug Walsh, who used to work for Brady Games, he's a strategy guide author, and he used to live uh, pretty close to where I lived. I would go hang out at his house, and he did all the strategy guides for the Tony Hawk games. He wrote the book, literally, on Tony Hawk. And when I would go watch him play, it would be the most soul-crushing thing ever because he would do, like, these (laughs) ridiculous fucking combos and, like, string across the whole level and uninterrupted grind and all this shit. And I'm watching him play, and I'm like, there's no way I'm ever going to be that good. I'm just going to quit playing this game now, dude, because there's there's no way. And it was just like, it it just, it killed my spirit, man. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it's interesting I've always liked Tony Hawk and before that Thrasher, which is because I played one of the first skateboarding games is Thrasher. I've always liked them because, again, I I used to skate and I liked the idea of street skating. So I was just like, oh, can I grind that? Can I pull off, like jumping off the trash can onto the rail, whatever? And and I do like three or four tricks at a time. So even now, Tony Hawk's never been like doing what he does, which people love doing. Like I've been playing for 10 minutes straight and I have, you know, I'm still doing combos. Yeah, that's there, but for me, that's not what it's about. That's why I do like skate, and I like session, and I like games that are more closer to realistic. But that being said, it's like you can have the best of both worlds. If you play, it's how you play it. So if you play a Tony Hawk 5 or a Tony Hawk 6 where you just aren't doing a million tricks, I think it's still really fun. Like, that's how I like playing it. You know, you do a nice uh, air grab, and then you go do a kickflip, and, and if the environments are interesting enough... You just want to be in that world. You're skating around the world, right? Like, like remember those Moto? Uh, not uh, CJ mentioned. There's a Crayola Scoot game, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, not that one, but the um, I loved it with the scooters. The Razor scooters. Razor scooters. I yeah. love those games. And th- it wasn't about doing a million combos. It was just like scooting around a world that was pretty big. So that's that's why I like these games. If anybody listening. Uh, let me know if that's why you like them. Because I, I just like being around the world and then skating it. I don't necessarily need to be doing a million combos. Very true. You can take whatever gameplay or satisfaction you get from them. Uh, and if and if you like just skating around, I mean, that seems like a perfect fit for it. So, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they announced a new Tony Hawk this year. It seems like there's so much buzz. And I know that you're responsible for most of that. But yes, I am. Yeah, thank you. It seems like there's just a little bit more buzz than than to be totally unfounded. So I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something. And in fact, I, I believe I just saw Tony Hawk himself tweeting a little while ago. <laughs> And somebody said something about that. And, no, no, uh, I'm sorry. I just I thought I thought you were gonna say I just I believe I just saw Tony Hawk skate by my house. For uh, some reason, I thought that you were just gonna say you saw Tony Hawk out your window. Uh, no, no, he's not in my neighborhood or anything like okay. that. Not at all. Um. Anyways. Anyway, okay. So Tony Hawk. Um, before we get to the end of the show, I realize that we've kind of gone through a lot of games really quickly. And I one f- piece of feedback that we have gotten in the past is that. We don't say the titles of games enough, and so I'm reminded of that, and I, wor- I really want to make sure that we give people a chance to uh, remember what we talked about and maybe write these games down if they sound interesting. I'm going to go through them real quickly. We originally talked about Gone is Gone on PC. We followed up with Frostpunk, Baba is You, Meteorfall, Colon, Crummit's Tale, JDM Racing, Super Crush KO, Earth Knight, Hardcore Mecha, Warlocks, Colon, Godslayers 2, uh, Dronjin, <laughs> Code Vein, Draw Chili, and Tony Hawk 5. So that is actually a shitload of games now that I'm reading them back. So just one more time in case anybody needed to hear those. Those are the games we talked about. Uh, so that is the end of the new games discussion. Really quickly, we did ask uh, the listeners a question two weeks ago, and we got some responses. We should probably go through those. Carlos, do you want to remind us really quickly what that question was and how you came up with it? 
Oh yeah, it was the. Uh, do you go back to a game where you uh, forgot what was happening? Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, so that was it. We got a few responses from people who were listening. Uh, so the question. Uh, let me let me start off with here, and then we'll just kind of go back and forth through these. You got the list in front of you there, Carlos? Yeah, I got it. Okay. So the question was, uh, have you? Wait, sitting it. It's like, have you left off with a game? Did you forget where you left off? Yeah, and you basically you like don't even remember if you finished it, and if you did finish it, like where where did you even leave off? Okay, first one comes from Lupus Est, who says, um, "I have never had no idea whether I finished something, but everyone has had that Skyrim moment with question number two, I think." Oh yeah, totally. Uh, Zolbrod says, "If I come back to a game after a long time, I'll just start from scratch because I will have forgotten most of it anyway." I also generally know if I finished a game or not, but I sometimes forget I own something. So I bought some games on sale that I already owned. I didn't uh, even know that was possible. Oh, I'm very guilty of that, dude. I am very, I'm very guilty. I feel you. I feel you, Zolbrod. Uh, McGarnacle says, I'm constantly forgetting my place in unfinished games. Sometimes I just let them go fallow. Sometimes I muddle through and finish them. I did this with Arkham Asylum. Sometimes I just restart entirely, which I'm about to do for the Outer Wilds. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a common thing. People just like, I'm going to restart the game. Uh, Courtney Anthony says, what? Breath of the Wild. Oh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, Sorry, it was an acronym and I got, my brain got confused or broken. I was so deep into it for weeks at a time. Uh, In September, I put it down and now I have no idea what to do next. Yeah, RPGs are like that. Yeah, that's going to be rough. You got to keep that momentum going. Coffee Jesus says it would be cool if next gen games save the last five minutes or the last five minutes of the mission you just did and wrote over it each time. That way you could get a reminder. Good idea. Uh, says likewise, a training room, the options to re-familiarize, re- <laughs> sorry, I fucked that up. Refamiliarize yourself with the controls with the option to replay the tutorial. Yes. There is so many times I want to replay the tutorial because I do not remember the controls. I'm with you 100% uh, CJ. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to do the last two because the, the last one's my friend. Go for it, go for it. Louder Milk Down says, I feel like the second one happens in Dark Souls a lot. Yeah, Dark where you Souls. Where you forget where you are. Where yeah. you are. Uh-huh. And this is a friend of mine in front of the show, Lelena, uh, at iLelena. Uh, that happens so much, she says. I'm guilty of not finishing The Witcher 3. Every time I go back to it, it's this huge process to relearn how to play the game. At least I'm very familiar of the lore from reading the books, which are very good. So the story isn't uh, lost on me. I love how games summarize the story up to where you are. And she brings up the example of Dragon Quest XI. Uh, it was awesome how they did that. And I agree because that was, it's like previously on. And those are really cool in RPGs. So developers, put it in your little PDF, Brad. If you're making an RPG, do the previously on thing. Previously on, that's a good thing. Yeah. And she also finishes saying, it made it so much easier to get back into. Uh, it would be very cool if big games implemented a tutorial mode for returning yes, gamers. Yes, yes. You know, just to help you get back into them. And there are so many good games that release, so I tend to bounce between them a lot. Uh, sorry for all the tweets, she says. What What are you talking about? Lelena, friend of the show. That's it. Excellent. Thank you all for your responses. We will do another question. I don't know what that question is, but I'm sure we will come up with something before the next episode. Um, really quickly. Actually, no, really quickly. Really stoppingly. This is the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> Stop. We've created four new words in this podcast. Really? Oh, man. Stoppingly. We are, yeah. we are bending the English language to our will. Real. Really. Oh, and it oh you just did it again. I, uh, oh, Jesus. I got to get out of here. I'm having troubles. Okay. Thank you, folks, very much for listening. Carlos and I will be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, we always love your questions or comments. You can reach us, so Podcast at gmail.com. 
You can also post comments for us at GameCritics.com when the show goes up. And we are on Twitter collectively, at SoVideoGames. But you can reach us individually. Carlos, where can people find you this week? Just Onawa, O-N-A-W-A on Twitter. And remember, SoVideoGames, at SoVideoGames. Uh, tweet us there. Absolutely. And you can reach me. Uh, it's my name, Brad Galloway, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y on Twitter and Instagram. And that is it for us. we got to scoot. But thank you again for joining us on the So Video Games podcast. And we will be back next week. In the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And see you later, baby. From Carlos. <laughs>